Last night, as the lights went down over the crowded sanctuary and the organ began its familiar strains of silent night, everyone lit their tapers and the light of the candles was shining against the darkness and the whole congregation began to sing and tears once again and oh so predictably welled up in my eyes and I found myself wondering about the power of that scene in the manger. What is it that has made that scene so deeply moving over the centuries? Why is it that when we dress our children up as shepherds and cows and kings and have them stand around the manger with this year's newest baby kind of wiggling around inside it, why is it that that's all it takes to pierce my armor and fill me with this warm, sweet porridge of love and wonder and sentimental longing, you know? What is that? For answers, I turn to John O'Donohue, that wonderful contemplative philosopher, poet, and former priest who died way too young at the age of 52 in 2007. Christmas was one of his favorite themes because of its ability to draw us into a state of wonder. He said, all belief depends on wonder. All belief depends on wonder. Where there is no wonder, there can be no faith. Wonder is a way of seeing. Wonder is a beautiful way of seeing. There certainly have been moments in my life when I've stumbled across the more, most ordinary things in the world and somehow they've seized me with a quiet wonder. I'll be walking down the street and suddenly the winter light will illuminate a single golden leaf, the last one to cling to that tree branch. And it'll be like, oh, I'll stumble out of bed in, my, in the morning. I'll see my slippers crumbled up on the floor just where I left them the night before. And somehow, for a brief moment, they are extraordinary. And I could not begin to tell you why. I'll look into the eyes of my beloved, and they will be glistening with some kind of magic that just opens up my heart. The aroma of fresh brewed coffee, cold water splashed on my face, the sight of our bashful house cat, who once a day summons the energy to leave his bed and saunters out into the kitchen and comes up to me and rises up on his hind legs so that he can rub his ear against my outstretched hand feels like a kind of miracle to me. This world is so full of wonders, ordinary wonders. Last Saturday in our monthly contemplative mini-retreat, our guest teacher, Jamie Deering, talked about the space inside us between stimulus and response. She reminded us that we're not all doomed like insects 
to robotically respond to every stimulus in the same way, that between every stimulus and every response, there is a space, a moment, a moment of awareness, a moment of questions, perhaps a moment of wonder. When our beloved fails to respond to something that we've said, for example, we don't need to believe the first thing that pops into our heads, which of course is that she no longer loves us and is in fact making plans to ditch us by morning. Instead, we can pause and enter into wonder and perhaps remember that she is getting hard of hearing and I did kind of mumble what I just said. With practice, we can expand those moments of wonder. We can practice creating space for curiosity and openness. So that when we find ourselves flooded with anxiety over some imagined future, we can take a moment to remember that the future does not, in fact, exist yet. It exists nowhere but within our vivid imaginations. And we don't need to believe in every catastrophe that we dream up. Nor do we need to believe that when catastrophes do come along, we will only have one way of responding to them, which we imagine will be panic and fear and terrible things. Catastrophes, after all, are not all bad. A few days ago, a man in Kentucky was interviewed on the news about how he heard the tornado warning siren go off and he managed to get his wife and his kids into a car and out of the way just ahead of the massive twister which lifted his entire house and everything he owned and smashed it to bits. He was on the news because a treasured photograph of his, a picture of him and his wife, was picked up by the tornado and was later found 130 miles away floating down from the sky. It was returned to him through a Facebook group. And then when his family was resting at a community shelter, a complete stranger who just wanted to help out paid for his entire family to go on a vacation in Florida for a whole week. When the reporter asked him how he was doing with losing everything he had, he said, well, we're doing very good. We've been really blessed. We didn't lose anyone. We're all safe. We have a place to stay. We're doing great. <laughs> oh, which is to say that, yes, terrible things happen, and that never stops wonderful things from happening also things beyond our imagining. Sometimes, paradoxically, the catastrophe is exactly what we needed. Not that I'm inviting catastrophe. Mind you, please, God, save us from the time of trial. I'm only arguing for a little bit of space to hold our fears up to the light for a moment and let the deep peace and light of God shine through. We can even be a pregnant teenager shivering in the cold, feeling contractions coming on, homeless, and still be allowing for the possibility of wonder. 
In fact, now that I think about it, maybe it was Mary's capacity to live in that space between stimulus and response that gave her the ability to say yes. Yes to the wonder of it all. Maybe it was that capacity in her that summoned the angel to her side in the first place. Because in my experience, that's when the angels show up, you know. In those rare moments, often in the middle of the night, when the silence of shadows gives way to the symphony of pure perception. When the sometimes terrible beauty of this world reveals itself and we find ourselves on our knees, like those shepherds in the field, weeping with joy and fear. So we come upon the manger scene, and what do we see? If the first thing we see is a pregnant, unmarried teenager without health insurance, if in this moment we trot out our tried and true political opinions and feel once again the comforting righteousness of our perfectly correct opinions about the injustices suffered by poor people living on the margins of an empire, all of which is perfectly true, is that the sum total of our experience? If it is, we're stuck in a self-perpetuating loop of our own opinions. And we will have learned nothing because we'll, we will have failed to allow a moment of wonder. Alternatively, perhaps what we will see is a courageous young woman facing down her fears in the middle of the night, a feisty teenage girl who already knows all about shadows and darkness and foreboding, and who nonetheless finds the courage within her. In that space between her situation and her opinion about her situation, maybe that's where she finds this grace-filled, tearful joy that becomes a yes that changes the world. Wonder, says John O'Donohue, celebrates the mystery and depth of presence that is within us and around us. And then, as he's talking about it, he falls right into the language of Christmas. At the winter solstice, he says, the divine presence stirs in the crib of the heart. The divine presence stirs in the crib of the heart, infusing our eyes with the glow of wonder. There is a place in the soul, he says, quoting the 14th century mystic Meister Eckhart, there is a place in the soul that neither time nor space nor any created thing can touch. In that place, your identity is not equivalent to your biography. There is a place in you where you have never been wounded, where there is still a sureness in you, where there is a seamlessness in you, where there is a confidence and a tranquility in you. That, O'Donohue suggests, is the baby Jesus in us. The Christ consciousness, to use an impressive phrase to describe the humblest and most ordinary of moments, 
The Christ child is here in the manger in us. We are newborn, seeing everything around us for the first time. In this place, we are unharmed. Nothing has ever hurt us. We're at the place we knew way before any heartbreak ever touched us. In that pure awareness of wonder, before we ever said, I or me, there you are, perfectly formed you, which is you and also something vastly bigger and deeper and more original than the usual you. You are wrapped in swaddling clothes. You are warmed by your mother's breast and by the presence of large animals softly lowing in a wintry barn. Steam from their breath is rising into the starry, clear night. And for a moment, just this moment, the world stops still. And we wonder. Amen.